Hi everyone, I'm Amber Rose, the Religious Hippie, and welcome to A Catholic's Perspective. For those of you just finding this podcast, let me tell you a little about myself. I was born and raised a cradle Catholic until I fell away from the church for eight years. I just recently came back to the church and I could not be happier with where I am today. I am currently a junior in college and I'm studying graphic design. I am an ambassador for multiple amazing Catholic Christian companies and I love working with all of them. Now, some of you may already know me from my popular religious hippie social media channels, such as TikTok, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I have all kinds of Catholic content on there, so don't forget to go check those out. So the reason I wanted to start a podcast was so that I'd be able to have a longer format which people could listen to from wherever they are. I particularly wanted to address issues that young Catholics face today in the secular world, and I want to do that by providing information along with commentary and even a little of my own opinion. I can't lie, from time to time I might be discussing very controversial issues, and some will find my opinions unappealing. But I do this out of my faith and service to God. We must keep communicating with each other, respecting each other, and put each other on the path to sainthood. I think you'll enjoy the podcasts coming up, and I thank you for being here with me. Hey guys, welcome back to my podcast. Happy almost 4th of July. Today, my producer Todd is with me and we're going to be doing a Q&A session. Woo, welcome Todd. Hey, how are you, Amber? I am wonderful. How are you? Good, good, good. So it's another Q&A. Heck yeah, let's go. <laughs> I love it. We, we get a million questions that come in and uh, it's always hard to pick what we want to talk about. This particular... Mm-hmm. Um, episode, we had probably 40 or 50 questions. I had to narrow down to 12. So if your question didn't get read on this uh, particular episode, keep sending it in and we'll get to it eventually. Yes, we will. I'm so excited. So what do we got to start us off with? We're going to start off with Sydney Petruska asks, what's your confirmation name? Ah, my confirmation saint and name is Saint Rose of Lima. She is awesome super easy question but I love her all right all right um here's another so a catholic wife asks what is the hardest part about sharing our faith on youtube Mm. shout out to dina i absolutely love her youtube channel um so i want to say the hardest part is probably being misunderstood um i think it's very common for people to misunderstand people on the internet, especially when we're texting, uh, you cannot hear another person's tone of voice. And so it's very easy for people to misunderstand what we're saying. Um, For example, I know I did a video on like um, the first Saturday devotions to Our Lady and why they're important and everything like that. And I had a Protestant friend of mine email me being like, isn't this considered like worship or something because you didn't explain in this video why um, you guys don't worship Mary. So it's very difficult because when I want to make a video about Our Lady or about the saints or something, it's almost like I always have to put a disclaimer before it and be like, hey, we don't worship Mary and stuff. And if you don't put that disclaimer, you um, you get those kinds of people that are like, oh, so you're admitting to this. Um, so I think being misunderstood is one of the hardest things. Um, I think the second thing is that 
while we do have such a big community on YouTube, we are all still very isolated. Um, it's very electronic and it's, it's not, while it's very helpful, especially during the time of COVID, for me personally, it's extremely difficult to connect with people on the internet. Um, I really need that face-to-face -face in person or phone call or something. Um, and so for me, community has been very difficult to come by on YouTube, even though I do have a lot of friends and Dina has kind of become like my adoptive mom on YouTube. Um, but it, it can be difficult to talk with people solely on the internet about my faith. Good, good. Home 804 asks, why are you a hippie? <laughs> um, well, I want to be specific. I don't do drugs unless melatonin and tea count as drugs. <laughs> um, so basically, I, I feel like I've addressed this in almost every single live stream I've ever done, but I realized I don't think I ever addressed it on here. Um, so basically, the religious hippie name came from being called a hippie, basically all of my high school, you know, life. Um, all of my friends would always be like, oh my gosh, you dress so much like a hippie, you got the flowy, like the gowns or whatever, and the, and the skirts and everything was very airy and loose. And um, I love that style. But then when I tried to come onto the internet with that kind of style, people said I was promoting drugs, <laughs> drugs, um, which I didn't understand at all. Um, but I will still sometimes dress in a, a hippie style. And then, so it, it was basically all based on my style, like the way I dressed. It had nothing really to do with my personality. Um, even though I was extremely free flowing and go happy and lucky and stuff, um, I just, uh, it was more based off of the way I would um, dress. And then when I came back into my faith, um, people started calling me the religious hippie. They're just like, oh, you came back into your faith. You're kind of like religious now, like the religious hippie. And I kind of just took that and just ran. And it was never meant to be a permanent name. Um, it was just meant to be like, uh, um, I guess, a fill-in until I could find a name that I felt like better fit me. And then I never found one. I never found a name that better fit me than than that because it is my personality I am very free and happy but I'm free and happy through Christ and so I, I guess that in a sense is a good way to sum it up in a way I don't know what do you think Todd well I've never heard that story before so I'm really? okay with it <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah we never really talked about it. it never came up why why it was called that oh well I'm, surprise I mean yeah. I did try changing it once I was gonna go to like the uh the the so I don't know I was trying to go to something the Catholic American or something and people were just like no where's the religious hippie like we don't like this and so I was just like okay popular demand <laughs> it works it's working so you know Very let's true. see what do we have next we have um Andrea ACM says I'm a practicing Catholic but I want to go deeper where can I start I think one of the best resources I have found, um, two of the best resources I have found for diving deeper into my faith, and I have a couple more, but these are my top two, would be the Baltimore Catechism, the Baltimore Catholic Catechism, and then um, Catholic Answers. They have a great online website. If you have a question about Catholicism, you can literally just type in Catholic Answers and then your question. So maybe it's like um, Catholic Answers, Mary and the Saints, or 
Catholic answers, communion, um, you know, whatever it might be. And then they have an article for literally anything and everything. Uh, they also have a YouTube channel, but I kind of prefer um, their website just because it's easier for me to um, read. And then branching off from those, I really love Relevant Radio. I think they're a great resource. And I also suggest get, uh, diving more into the lives of the saints. I have um, an awesome illustrated book about the saints that I absolutely love, but Amazon has multiple books about different saints. And just learning about them, I feel like, can really strengthen your faith as well. Good, good. Hanno1398 asks, do you have any Catholic Christian music recommendations? Um, <laughs> uh, so um, I guess, I mean, I, I'm not the biggest fan of Hillsong, like the, the that band. Um, definitely not a fan of them per se, but I do like For King and Country. Um, I think that they're pretty cool. Um, I also really like, <clears throat> excuse me, I also really, really like, um, like the soundtrack from, oh my gosh, what is it called? The Prince of Egypt. I don't know if that really counts. <laughs> um, it's really hard to find good Catholic, like, like artists, so to speak, but in general, I just love Gregorian chant and I love, um, specific hymns. But for Gregorian chant, like Ave Maria, um, Salve Regina, Agnus Dei, Tantum Ergo, like all of those, um, I really do like. And they're by multiple different artists. So for me, I, I just go between a bunch of different artists because they all cover it a different way. Um, and you just kind of have to find the one you like. Good, good. Dana JT asks any tips for dating outside of faith or how to communicate expectations yeah i mean i had to do this recently um i think because my boyfriend is protestant and so i think one of the biggest things you need to do is not just throw it at them right away you can't just like bombard them with this um i think it's very important to take into account how they feel and and where they're standing at their faith during this time i think it's important to still stand firm and where you you stand you cannot be wishy-washy about it and um you need to make it clear where you stand but you also still have to be sensitive towards the other person and this can be very difficult um and so i would suggest getting together being like hey you know can we sit down and talk about something and sit across from each other and one of the best like one of the best um couples technique that i ever learned was that when you're having an argument or you need to talk about something important you sit across from each other and you hold hands and you look into each other's eyes you cannot look away you cannot like that physical touch and stuff really helps you to ground yourself and realize like if the argument's about to get heated or something it keeps it from from getting heated um, mainly because you're feeling them and you realize like they're a tangible person, like they are there in front of you. And it helps you reconnect some of your senses instead of just like going off the walls crazy. And then I would also suggest writing out a list of things that you think is important to address. And most of the things that are important to address in a marriage when you are dating someone outside of Catholicism and planning to marry them 
is the kids. That is where the biggest issues are going to arise. Do you want to homeschool? Does he want to homeschool? Is he okay with you being a stay-at-home mom? Are you okay being a stay-at-home mom? Um, you have to raise the kids Catholic because that is a huge sin if you don't, if you raise them outside of the church. Um, there's all of these logistics that go into it. And so you really need to make a priority of maybe like the top five things that are going to... Um, not necessarily be a deal breaker, but you cannot budge on like getting married inside of the Catholic church and having a sacramental marriage. Like those are things as Catholics, we cannot budge on. Um, and so I would suggest writing out a list of things like that, that are very important to you as a Catholic, and then um, have him or her write out a list that's important to him as well. This could, this isn't just like faith-based either. It, it, I mean, that's the most important. You obviously want to get those out of the way, but it could also be like money, you know, do you, do you guys have any debt that you need to worry about? Um, and just, just stuff like that, you know? And then what do you do in terms of like setting benchmarks for something like this? Do, do you give someone a certain time frame to meet what you want? Or do you, you know, does this, is it just kind of open-ended for a while until it bothers you again? What would you suggest there. I do think in general, there needs to be, um, there needs to be signs of them willing to, um, to commit, like if they do decide like, yeah, okay, I'm okay with all of this and everything like that. There needs to be signs that they are improving in learning about all the stuff you talked about and they're growing towards being able to achieve those things. And it doesn't have to be like, overnight, like they're perfect and they're every single thing you ever asked for and everything's perfect. I do think it can take time. And the Bible says that in a way like, um, women can, um, what is it? Uh, make their, make their, um, make their husbands holy. And by, by basically being holy themselves. Um, and I have heard of conversions happening inside of like marriages and things, but I think it is just so much easier to get it all out right away. And if they're not showing that perseverance to really, um, you know, do those things that are very important to you, I, I think it is, I, I think you should give them a certain amount of time and then bring it up to them again, like a few months later. And if there still hasn't been any progress, I would suggest sitting down and doing somewhat of like an ultimatum type thing. Right, right. Yeah. Maritza2493 says, what's your patron saint? Oh, we already did that, but St. Rose of Lima. <laughs> yeah, you said that at the beginning, didn't you? With, uh, yeah, I did. Yep. But it's all good. It's all good. M. Walzer39 says, why do you think so few people go to confession? Um, I do think that a lot of it has to do with spiritual warfare. And um, I also think it has to do with maybe having parents not be the greatest example. Um, I think it has to do a lot of fear and shame. Um, but I, I think people who are afraid of confession are missing the whole point because confession is not something to be afraid of. It is something that we need to take advantage of. And it is a gift um, that Jesus established. And I think a lot of it stems from fear, but I also think the devil can get into our heads and make it a lot worse than we originally think it is. I remember when I came back into my faith, I was absolutely horrified. I was just like, oh my gosh, this is like the worst thing I've ever done in my life. And then when I actually got into the confessional, I'm like, oh wow, this is really easy. Like this isn't hard at all. I mean, obviously I had a lot of you know remorse and everything like that, but thinking my head on, it's just like, this is not what I thought it was. You know, 
I thought it was going to be the priest like bringing all brimstone and and fire and being like you're going to hell and blah blah no they're very loving and all they want to do is have you come back to Christ like the prodigal son and so um I think a lot of the fear is just in our heads and the second thing I'm going to say is that the more you go the easier it is and so when I came back into my faith I went every single Sunday also because I just kept remembering stuff and I was like oh gotta confess that now (laughs) um but I think it's important to remember that practice makes perfect and if you're really nervous um I think that's just even more reason to go. Right, right. Baby Shave Six says, do you think animals have souls? They do have souls, but they don't have souls like us. So they don't have uh, immortal souls. Um, They basically have what atheists think are going to happen to us. (laughs) Basically, when they die, that's it. Um, unfortunately, no, there are no animals in heaven because heaven is not made for animals. It is made for us. And if we need animals to be in heaven, um, in order for us to be happy, then we probably shouldn't be going to heaven in the first place. Um, because that is not the purpose of heaven. That is not the reason. Um, and so while yes, they do have souls and we should be kind to animals. Um, there are, I mean, they're, they're not mortal like us. I'll add, I'll add to this actually, because this is a little bit in my, my world. Um, In Christian theology, it actually gets into this a lot more. There is some deeper discussion into this and uh, spirituality around the world have defined three types of souls. So I'm going to tell you what those are, let people sort out whether they think there's, there's anything to this. So there's a vegetative soul. And those are souls that merely exist, such as plants and trees, whose only realization is growth and reproduction. And then there are sensitive souls, those that exist and live, such as animals. Many people say early evolutionary man could have, could have worked into the sensitive soul. Um, and their only realization is mobility and instinct. And then there is the rational soul, which is those that exist, live, and have intelligence, Um, have intelligence uh, or reason, I should say, such as modern man whose realization came from thought and reflection. Hmm. So it's interesting um, to think about that because some of these were Native American beliefs. Some of these are uh, Christian theological beliefs. Some of these are are other religions completely and how they define that. But I think it's It's always interesting. Yeah, it's always interesting to hear about what um, other religions have thought about it for sure. Yeah, because to, you know, for people to think, you know, obviously animals have some sort of personality, they do react to you, they can sense things you're going through. Um, That doesn't necessarily mean they have an immortal soul, though. And I think people get confused by that. Um, And and plants are living creatures. So you have to think about, you know, what is this energy in these that, uh, uh, you know, helps them go. So I think it's fascinating. Anyways, um, Peyton Priv says, do you believe in aliens? If so, do you believe that Jesus died for them too? So I don't believe in aliens in the context that people these days like to believe in them as in like, you know, sci-fi and blah, blah, blah. Um, I do not believe that aliens exist in that way. I do believe that demons can take many forms. um, One of them being the form of aliens to distract people. Uh, I mean, we can never know for sure because the galaxy is so wide, but at the same time, 
it's such a trick question. Did you because... did you say demons might be aliens? Yeah. Did you hear about that? No, you know, the one I always lean toward is there was actually a great book that came out called Angels and Aliens oh. in comparing the two. And uh, and I think that's a fascinating story because sightings of aliens are as rare as sightings of angels. And there's a lot of occurrences of angels being depicted with having a superior technology. Yeah, but angels don't probe people. <laughs> well, you know, that's that's something different. You know, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of wackadoodles out there that claim they've had those types of experiences and psychologically it may be covering up something else entirely. Mood. I mean, personally, but I get though, what you're saying though. I like the demon theory. It's interesting though, because they can literally take any form they want. It's very yeah. interesting. But if, if it was personal, like personally, I do not believe in them. I believe if they exist in a sense, they are demonic um so that's just my take so you don't believe in aliens at all mm. so the whole yeah. ufo thing that's popular right now you you just don't you don't go for it. you've never seen anything weird no i mean demonically yes but not like alien wise it's just it's one of those things that i feel like hollywood just likes to profit off of it again so you know after indiana jones and the crystal skull became a thing everyone was like obsessed with crystal skulls um, and I've watched history channels on some stuff, but I've never seen evidence of it where I was just like, wow, this is so real. Like everybody, there's always a catch and Hollywood is always trying to throw something in that um, you never actually know if it's real or not, you know? Sure. So, the ideas yeah. had to evolve from somewhere though. Yeah. Demons. Like, what about, the, what about ghosts? You believe in ghosts? No, so those are demons as well. As Catholics, we believe that if the ghost is human soul, basically it's very rare, um, but they will um, sometimes just stand there. They can't do anything. They just stand there for like a split second and then they disappear. Um, there have been apparitions of people from purgatory um, and things of that nature, but that that's not ghosts. Those are visions um but all these things like you see on adventure adventure travel channel and stuff like ghost ghost hunters and ghost adventures i was so into that as a kid um and it, it it's dangerous it is so 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 spiritually dangerous and um it's all demons like i've heard countless exorcists talk about it one of my favorites father ripperger has talked about it as well and uh, he's talked about the fact that these people doing these shows, like these uh, ghost story shows, put their souls in extreme danger. And even watching it actually puts your soul in, in danger because in a way your TV acts as a portal, um, the same way a window would um, if you leave it open. So it's very interesting, but yeah, no. <laughs> I can tell you firsthand from my work at Sci-Fi Channel, mm -hmm. Ghost Hunters, was always created for television i know you can't have a television one. you can't have a television show about hunting ghosts and not find ghosts so you I mean, have you a, a significant amount of manufactured <laughs> evidence to make that show that's an absolute truth so if there's any ghost hunters fans listening there probably shouldn't be but <laughs> but <laughs> i'm telling you they, they never found anything in those places yeah, so. I can imagine. But like, there's those other ones that actually use like Ouija boards in their, yeah. in their things. There's some that are really things. out there. Like people really do some things they shouldn't be doing. Yeah. Now I have trouble thinking that like the Ouija board 
why a company like Milton Bradley would make a game for the public that would be, you know, something where you could channel an evil spirit. It seems like it would be a game that would just play on your your psyche, but you never know, you know? They're, they're just They're just dumb. <laughs> But it has been proven that Ouija boards have a specific spiritual connection put on them and uh, they make it available so that literally more people can become depressed by depressed, <laughs> oppressed by the demonic and things of that nature. And also yeah. it sells, you know, kids yeah. these days, teenagers, they think it's just a game and they're just like, Ew, I want to talk to my dead grandpa or well, whatever. You're not talking to your grandpa, Susie. There's there's two sides here. There's the side like how you evangelize to reach people. And there's an evil side that's doing the same thing. And they'll reach you any way they can. Unfortunately, through demons. Peyton, I don't know if we answered your question. But... Oh, my bad. We went on a little rant. <laughs> but, you know, we uh, we at least uh, skirted it there a little bit. So, um, we, so you know, I think uh, Amber believes aliens are actually demons. So if you are <laughs> that approach, that's where we're, that's where we're coming from. That's our answer. Yeah. Um, ITM 0267. How do you resist temptation as far as being young and having a partner? Oh, do they mean like sexual temptation? I think it's not specified, but some kind of temptation. Um, I'm going to assume it's like sexual temptation because I think that's what they're leaning towards with partner, right? I would think so. That or watching um, rated movies, I'm not sure. I'll be above. Luke and I watch <laughs> cartoons. Like, let me just be clear. We watch Gravity Falls at least like seven times in a row. PG-13 is pushing, pushing it for you guys, right? <laughs> we watch MacGyver sometimes and that's like, that's something, isn't it? Stargate, MacGyver. Um, the old MacGyver, the new one old one the new okay one's... that's the better one yeah richard dean anderson um I, I guess the main thing is is that we just set boundaries in the beginning um we really just knew that we respected each other and respected each other's chastity and purity and so we wanted to be able to still have a um I don't want to say physical relationship because that sounds so bad, especially modern day, but like hold hands and hug and like piggyback rides and just fun stuff, you know, light and fluffy. Um, and yet we can still like, like, I don't know how to explain it. It's really hard, but like we just had that mutual understanding and there needs to be mutual understanding. Otherwise one person is always going to end up getting hurt or pushed towards something they don't want. And they're going to form resentment over time for the other person who's doing it. So that is super important to be on the same page. Um, the next thing is, is that Luke and I always have activities we do constantly whenever I'm at his house, like at night, we'll watch a movie or something, but we're usually watching a movie with his parents. Um, and then when we're not watching a movie with his parents, we're usually still like his parents are doing work in the house and like we're in the living room. So they're still like there. So we have like chaperones, even though we don't need them. It's still nice to have that, that reassurance. Um, and then if we go somewhere like this weekend, we just went to um, Wisconsin to go visit his brother to kayak for uh, two, two days. And when we do that, we, um, we obviously I have the guest bedroom and then Luke sleeps on the lower level on the couch. And so we are never in the same room. Um, I have my privacy and he always makes it very clear that I need my privacy. So I have my own room. It has a lock, it has a door. I am welcome to do whatever I want in that room. Um, and no men are allowed in that room unless of course, like we're all like, like I was with 
another girl that we're all friends with. And like, we were all hanging out in the room because we were having tea. Um, but that's, that's completely different. Um, and so there's like certain rules that we put in place and it's, it's just mutually, we just understand each other because we've been dating for so long. Um, so I guess those would be my tips. All right. Good, good. And Isla Byram <coughs> asks, how do you make your iced coffee? Oh, this is, I love these usernames, by the way. They're so, so unique. Um, so basically, if I go to Dunkin', I will get a medium iced coffee, one pump of caramel, one pump of vanilla swirl or whatever it's called, French vanilla, I don't know, um, and oat milk, um, extra oat milk. But if I make it at home, I don't like sugar in my coffee. So I usually just have black Dunkin' coffee, hot or iced. Sometimes I do make it iced at home. I do that. I try to do that during the summer a lot. Um, but it's kind of time consuming because I don't have like a specific cold brew maker or anything. Um, so I'll usually just have a cup of hot coffee in the morning and just put oat milk in it. That's it. I wonder if we can get a, a Dunkin' Donuts sponsorship if we post the iced coffee recipe that you like to get when you go there. I've been trying so much to get them to notice me and they just don't notice me. Notice me, Duncan. I exist. I get free Starbucks. <laughs> so, no, Tom. Oh, I get, I get no. free Starbucks. I've had free Starbucks for like nearly 20 years now. Really? Yeah. $50 a month. I put on a card from the company for a nonprofit company that I, I started. Aww. So, which, which just, <laughs> which just thought, which just stacks up. Like right, right, all the right. time, because who can spend $50 on coffee a month? I don't. <laughs> I mean, maybe someone does. But I'm, I'm just sure. saying she's, she's looking at you. <laughs> I spend like, I get like maybe, like I'm in a Starbucks maybe once a week. Like I'll make all my coffee at home. So it just yeah, piles up, piles up. Yeah. But when I go out and have like an event or people, like it's easy to spend it all. And you can spend it on food or anything that they have there. So, right. No, yeah, I know for Duncan, like I almost go there daily and I have the award system so that I get free coffee and stuff because that's it's too dangerous to go to Duncan because I would want to get donuts. Are you telling are you saying Duncan is like the ghetto version of coffee places? No, I like, uh, you know, I like Dunkin Donuts coffee and I like like White Castle coffee. Like I can drink a lot of different kinds of coffees. But what do you think of like McDonald's coffee? It's OK. The problem mm -hmm. is the temptation. <laughs> Of wanting to get their food, you know, and it's oh, like, well, yeah. I'm here. I might as well get, you know, some fries. food. Or if here I'm at Dunkin' Donuts, I might as well get a giant bag of donut holes to take with me. Like it's that's but the like, one I don't want. I don't want the like temptation. At Starbucks, but at Starbucks they have like those those brownies and things too. Do you never get tempted to have one of those? Well, like sometimes there's a cake pop there that looks really appealing, you know. But mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. but most of the time, if I'm there, I get like a little vegetable tray or something. You know, ah. that's what I'll wind up getting as it'll healthy be, option. you know, a healthy option. Yeah. I see. Cause I don't really go for breakfast that much and I don't, I try not to eat pastries that often, but. Pod's yeah. the health freak here. Well, not let's me. not say that. <laughs> let's not say that. <laughs> now, if anyone catches you I, eating a donut, they're going to be like, oh, Todd. Well, at night, like, it, like we're recording this podcast really late right now, but like my evening snack will be like a cucumber. Oh, like, that's what I'll do. That's like my potato chips of the night is I'll eat like raw potatoes or I'll eat, uh, I'll eat a cucumber. I'll eat carrots. I ate asparagus and, the other night. I just literally grabbed it out of the pan and just started eating it. It's great. Asparagus <laughs> is great. One of the best things you can eat. Yeah. 
cleansing. The well, that was that uh, the iced coffee question was the last one I pulled for tonight. So we got oh, a quick okay. and easy 12 question q and I hope everyone enjoyed it. Yeah, it was awesome. Thank you so much for your guys' questions. I always love answering them. And obviously, Todd and I have awesome commentary. So, so you can you can send questions through any of her social media. Also, yep. she has the religious hippie at gmail.com. And you can go to anchor.fm forward slash the religious. You want to know? You want to know something? What's that? Just as you said that, Julia C sent in a question on and said question for podcast. She just sent it in. Should we read it? Just read it. Read it. Let's do it. Have you ever struggled with scrupulosity? She literally just sent it like two seconds ago. (laughs) Good timing, Julia. Um, I have not specifically struggled with the mental illness of scrupulosity. Like there are some people who are extremely scrupulous. I know one girl who just struggles so, so much and it hurts my heart because she's just such the sweetest girl and she thinks she's always doing something horribly wrong and she cries and cries about it. Um, I have never been like that. I have had scrupulous thoughts though, where I'm just like, wait, was that a sin? Is that, is that bad? Like that I did that. And something that really helped me overcome those thoughts and not spiral into scrupulosity completely was understanding sin, understanding what what a mortal sin is and what a venial sin is. So mortal sin, you mean complete consent, complete knowledge, and grave matter. So you need to know you're doing it. You need to know that it offends God and continue to do it anyways. And it needs to be grave matter, like um, masturbation or or pornography or um, abortion, stuff like that. Um, And then for venial sins, of course, they damage our relationship with God, but it does not sever our relationship with God the way mortal sins do. And um, those venial sins, if they are only venial sins, can be healed through receiving the Eucharist. Do never receive the Eucharist in a state of mortal sin, but in the state of venial sin, you can receive the Eucharist and it will erase those venial sins. And also the prayer we pray at the beginning of mass erases them as well. Of course, I always suggest going to confession, um, even if it is just venial sins, because sometimes those can spiral into mortal sins, but you need to understand the difference between mortal and venial so that you don't get caught up in that scrupulous thought. Right. Yeah. You left wow, out- I love how that timing worked out perfectly, Julia. <laughs> you also left out that you can also get in the DeLorean time machine, go back in time before you committed the sin and just not commit the sin when you go back <laughs> through the timeline. So there's always that option for- People yeah, that won't be that. available for like the next few hundred <laughs> years. Not, not going to be available. And then it will be a creation of the devil. We won't want to use it anyway. So yeah, it's true. That's true. But God will know we use it. So <laughs> he, if, he, if it happens, he'll allow it. Interesting group of questions tonight, for sure. I love it. I love it. So overall, like, uh, like it's all over the place, but I love the fact that they're all different. Otherwise, this would be like a really boring episode. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. We get a lot of the same things over and over again. And we, and we try to answer those to keep people, you know, knowing that, you know, some of the more commonly asked questions. Um, But we also, you it's easy to go back in our podcast and look at, you know, Q and a session one, two, three, four, and uh, here's some of the things that you might've missed. One, two, three, four. Yeah. And it it was going to say before, before the message came in, people can actually go to anchor.fm forward slash uh, the religious hippie and they can uh, leave voicemails for us too so you can mm-hmm. leave a voicemail message and we can play that 
on our next Q&A and you can have your voice on the air. I think I only had one of those so far and it was like so cool. It was so cool to be able to hear somebody's voice just like. Yeah, so do more of those, send more of those in people, so. Yes, we absolutely right. love to hear your beautiful voices. <laughs> Enjoy your 4th of July weekend. Yes, you guys be safe. Do not set anything on fire or anyone, including yourselves, <laughs> but have fun. <laughs> Remember, when you're holding the firecrackers in your hand, don't hold them tightly. Leave the hand open or you will lose fingers. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so true, though. Don't aim the bottle rockets at your brother. Or, or, or the Roman candles. Please, please don't. Not like they do in Chicago every year where they shoot each other with Roman candles. Oh, my goodness. Those are the fireworks of Chicago or guns, right? Isn't that yeah. what happens? Everyone uh -huh. fires off their guns in the air. Yeah. yeah There's like a million, really a million guns in Chicago. Yeah, you can't really tell if it's a gun or a firework or uh, somebody's horrible, uh, was it, must, you know those things, muffler, there we go. Yeah, Chicago is one of the hardest cities to get a gun in, but there are way more guns than you can imagine. Yeah, it's really dumb. Some guy left like a bunch of guns on the side of the road. And, like, I think people just go to Indiana, they just go over to Gary, they go over to, you know, northern Indiana and buy their guns and come back. Yeah, mm-hmm. That's how it. That's how it works. Indiana's yeah, the culprit. Just like they do with fireworks. <laughs> you just go across the state line. You just go up to Wisconsin. Exactly. Exactly. And that's just people. Just mm, people. All right. Have a good evening, everyone. I'll yeah, let you, say you guys your... be safe. And thanks for doing this with me, Todd. And thank you for all of your questions. And uh, I think that's it. All right. I will talk to you guys in the next podcast. Bye. Do you have questions or comments about today's episode? Email me at thereligioushippie at gmail.com or leave a voice message at anchor.fm forward slash thereligioushippie. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Please be sure to rate and review this episode. This podcast is produced by Todd Fisher and distributed by Metacortex Publishing. This podcast is copyright. Any previously trademarked or copyright content is used by permission. Information and opinions stated in this podcast should not be construed as medical advice. Please be sure to visit the official website for the International Association of Metatomics at metatomics.org or find us on social media for other unique content.